Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Worldwide Willis. All right. This podcast is brought to you by LMG Podcast Network. And I'm happy to be here, folks. Happy to be here. Today I'm riding solo. Right? I'm I'm going back old school. Uh riding solo today. So uh we'll quickly break things down and uh have a good time. All right, let's let's hop into it. So, matches of the week are actually from a very good Raw, which I will talk about more. But we have Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ricochet in a Falls Count Anywhere match that happened uh, this latest episode of Raw. A really amazing match. I'll kind of dig a little deeper into it later on when I talk about Raw. But... Um, yeah, great match. It, it had a great feel to it. It felt important. It felt like truly anything could happen. And yeah, both put on a great, great showing. Both look better, you know, leaving the ring than when they walked in. The loss doesn't affect Ricochet, but Shinsuke needed to win this, right? He just lost a, a championship uh, match against Seth, which he looked really good at in uh Shinsuke needed to win this one. Ricochet will be fine. Under Triple H's creative uh leadership, Ricochet will have he will be put in really good spots um from this point on. He he shouldn't worry at all. Um but yeah it was a really just fun match. Uh, I thought they did a good job. I thought the finish was a little a little weak. I thought the table spot specifically was a little weak. Um preferably would have you know just would prefer a better spot there right if we're setting up a table the whole like oh, okay you're trying to you're on the top rope and i push you into the table that just always seemed kind of weak you know what i mean it's and i get it but especially with a guy like ricochet there's so much creative stuff you could do to have to put him through a table so uh but no the the spot off the in the crowd jumping off the rail into the security guards and shinsuke it was amazing uh the somersault like that was just that was dope. Um, uh, and I think it was Shooting Star, actually. But no, it, a really good match. Um, really fun opener. And it just, again, this was a season premiere. Of, I'll kind of talk about it more. But this was a season premiere of Raw. Um, so they definitely had to go big. And this was a great way to start. Great way to start. Um, and, yeah, it was just definitely a treat for us fans uh, who were there. Uh, our second and last match of the week is Gunther versus Brunson Reed. Boy, boy, boy. If you know, if you saw this on the on the card, you was like, oh, yeah, Brandon going to like this one. Brandon, this is Brandon's type of match. You know what I mean? It just is, man. Two big fellas slapping meat. Pause. But, uh, <laughs> but no, nah, it was, bro, it's, Gunther's my favorite wrestler. You know, anyone who listens knows that. But I really like Brunson Reed. Uh, he grew on me when he was in NXT. Um, early on, I was like, I don't know, but then he grew on me. He kept growing on me, and then, and then uh, his finisher, though it's simple, the splash, this dude's three thirty, three hundred thirty pounds. Like the the splash just hits hits harder when he does it, right? Um, I just think he he presents himself and wrestles in a way that he doesn't look like. I mean, no offense to Otis, but Otis never never brought fear, never. And I mean, and even when he was trying to during the whole like COVID era, he was trying to be the feared, the feared 
big man, the feared monster type. And he never got over that way just because his wrestling ability is is limited. Whereas with Brunson Reed, he he's big. He's He has that monster effect, but he's actually talented in the ring. You can tell that. And you can tell Gunther and Brunson Reed. I think they wrestled each other back in the day in progress wrestling, but I can't. I, I may be making that up. I feel like I saw that somewhere. But these two had really good chemistry. Um, man, the chops. And and for those that don't know, just to give people context, I actually went this this uh, episode of Raw was in Oklahoma City. I went. I attended the the event with uh, Spencer and uh, Roy, who's a, been a frequent guest on the main podcast and even uh, on this podcast before. So we attended a lot of the Raw um, and. We were live. We had really we had pretty good seats. And uh, so we could hear everything that was going on from the promos really well and also really hear the match effects. And um, and I'll kind of talk about more in details how that whole experience was. But as far as this Gunther and Brunson rematch, man, so good, bro. Like you could you heard every Gunther chop, every one of them. They were they were really good. Uh, but he some of them chops hit hit Brunson Reed kind of high in the like in the chin like in the neck jaw area, um, especially when he jumped off the side of the um, of the ring post and jumped towards Gunther and he hit him with the with the chop towards the neck area. But no, nah, it it was just man, the crowd was into it. Um, that was definitely the best match of the night. Um, it. It was physical, but still had some wrestling artistic ability to it as well. Uh, told a story as far as, you know, or first off, or first, you know, beginning of the match and even through the middle of the match, Gunther couldn't pick up um, Bronson Reed, right? He couldn't get him off the ground. And when he did, Bronson Reed just fell on him because he was just so heavy. So, um, you know, Bronson Reed eventually, you know, every time Gunther thought he had Bronson Reed put away, Brunson kept kicking out, kept kicking out, kept kicking out. And um, Gunther hit him with the splash, kind of similar to Brunson, Brunson Reed's splash. He kind of thought it was over. Brunson Reed kicks out again. So Gunther gets pissed, and he's like, all right, I got to finish it. And he hits him with a very impressive powerbomb, right? Because it was funny, me, Spencer, and Roy were kind of talking uh, before the match. We were like, is he going to be able to get him up for the powerbomb? Like, I can see, like, he's going to need Brunson to really help him do it. Um, I know Gunther's done the powerbomb to Otis. That one didn't look as great, but I also don't think Otis helped him much on that one. Like, there's only so much Otis can do, whereas this one looked clean. It looked really good. It looked smooth. It didn't look like, you know, it was in one motion, up, boom, down, right? It was is what you teach at a wrestling school or something, right? And it just looked really good. You can tell Brunson really helped him. You can tell Gunther did a really good job of executing it. But it really good, um, really good powerbomb. Uh, and, yeah, it was a finisher, one, two, three. It was just a great match, great match. Um, I think I've seen that Gunther has defended his title, I want to say, 75 times um, uh, between PLEs and, you know, regular TV, either on SmackDown or on Raw. And – if you're a gun, like most of them, pretty much, I'd say 95% of them have been good, if not great. Uh, and that's hard to say for a lot of people. Not many people can, in their title defenses, can say, I had a great match, a good to great match 
every time I defended this title. That's not the case. Seth Rollins don't even do that. You know what I mean? Roman Reigns don't even do that. So Gunther's just in a league of his own right now. And, man, really great match. Um, All right, I kind of mentioned it before, but we'll dig into it a little deeper. I'll kind of just review Raw in general, just because I was there live. I got to kind of get the crowd effect, kind of see people, you know, up close, give them the, you know, the, the eye test um, instead of watching it on TV. I will say just overall, I had a great time. I had a great time. Like, it, it was extremely fun. It was fun to be a part of. It was fun to watch the matches up close. It was fun to watch, um, you know, just see the crowd interact and see, you know, because I've just been watching on TV. You see Jey Uso come out with his music and getting everybody hyped. And you're like, oh, that's dope. But then to actually be a part of it in the crowd, that was just, that took it to another level. And, um, yeah, it, and honestly, it was just a great show. Like, even if I was, even if I wasn't in attendance, I would have been like, ooh, that was a really good Raw. You know, and you could tell it was, it had season, season premiere, like seasoning on it. Um, you know, from, like I said, Shinsuke and Ricochet. Um, you had uh, Piper Niven and Nat, uh, Natalia was solid. It was solid, did his job, I guess. Like, the goal was to make Piper look better. I don't know if it did that, but she got the win. So that that's kind of what she needed from that. Um, we even got, uh, we got in the main event match, the dark match, we got Nathan Frazier versus uh, Tozawa. That was a fun one. That was fun. Tozawa got a, a, a rare win. I thought Nathan Frazier was going to win because Nathan Frazier's kind of a, He's a known product in NXT, uh, hasn't been on the main roster. But, um, yeah, it was just a fun event, man. Uh, I'll kind of – I'll break down a little bit more. I'll drill down a little bit more on some of the stuff I'm kind of touching on later. But um, the Drew Seth uh, promo, amazing, amazing. I'll talk about that. Uh, Rhea Ripley, her match against um, – her match against Santa Baszler, solid I wish they would have let them cook a little more, right? They kind of let them get at it a little bit, and it was fun at the beginning. And then Nia Jax had to come out there, and then it was like, all right. But the cool part was they kind of had every all the contenders kind of come out there, right? Um, Raquel, um, Zoe Stark, um, you know what I mean? We had all the contenders come out there. And so they kind of got to go. So chaos kind of erupted, which was kind of a cool way to end it. But I just wish we could have got a old school NXT type matchup with Shayna and Rhea. Um, that, that one, the crowd was really into them going against each other. And the crowd, bro, Rhea is so over. Rhea is so over. Right? And the commercial breaks, you know, the crowd was chanting mommy. Um, like the Rhea, like they was they was cheering for you. Maybe I've heard it from. Sometimes you can't tell what like crowd reactions translate on TV, and, like the volume and everything. But man, Rhea Ripley's one of the most over people in in wrestling right now. And again, you idiots on the internet who uh, she doesn't defend her title enough. She's not a great champion. Give it to somebody else. Like you're stupid. Like you, you you're dumb. You don't understand how wrestling works. Uh, she's one of the most popular people in wrestling, men or women. That's what you want your champion to be. Roman Reigns, again, doesn't f- defend his title every week, but he is the most relevant person in the business, and he has the belt, right? That You want to tie those two things together. If you understand wrestling and how the business works, you understand that. If you don't understand the business, 
and you whine and complain why, you know, why doesn't Indy Hartwell have a title shot? Like, what what are you talking about? Like, come on now. I love rest all the wrestlers. I do. I like Indy Hartwell. I love a Candice LeRae. I think they all should get more time. They should. But, like, come on now. Like, Rhea's done the work. This is her time to shine. She needs. She should have the belt. It's, it's very simple. Um, so <clears throat> that was fun. The uh, Cody man, Cody is so over. Like I knew Cody was over, but seeing it up close, you you're like, oh, okay, this dude is. He's in the John Cena, the um, you know, Bret Hart, you know, just white baby face. Not white like in race, but like, <laughs> but in like that's a term like a white baby face, white hot baby face is like, oh he's just a baby face. As good as good good guy, you know Captain America type of character. He's been that for him, and man, the, he was so over with the crowd. So was Jay. Jay was really over. Yeah, uh, they were saying that all night. Um, but yeah, seeing Cody and Jay together, that they were extremely over. Um, it made sense, uh, and you kind of knew that coming in, but to see with the crowd, they're definitely over. Um, uh, Judgment Day definitely got a chokehold on Raw, which I I enjoy. It is kind of annoying, I'm gonna lie. The main event, seeing Jay and Cody against the Judgment Day, it wasn't, it didn't do much for me, to be honest, just because we've kind of already seen that matchup. We've seen Judgment Day versus Cody and insert partner. Right, we've seen it a million times. We've seen KO versus and Sammy versus versus uh, Judgment Day. You just you just seen Judgment Day a lot as far as tag team matches, and that's just not not hidden as well. Um, but a cool finish with um, Jimmy Uso coming in and portraying his brother. Well, not portraying, uh, costing his brother and Cody the titles. So Judgment Day to take the tag team titles back. It's kind of interesting how they're going back and forth. But I'll kind of dig into it a little more. But I do, I am enjoying this Judgment Day bloodline kind of like handshake deal they either have going on. I kind of enjoy that because uh, that's what real bad guys in real life would do. That's what two bad, that's what two gangs and, you know, real two cartels sometimes have a sh- handshake agreement. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it definitely is it's cool to see that uh, executed. Um Sami Zayn really over. He opened the show obviously with his promo. I thought his promos were really good throughout the show. His opening promo, uh, kind of describing how he was upset, like he's happy for Jay Uso, but he's also upset that it cost it resulted in Kevin Owens being traded to uh, SmackDown. Right, that's a normal reaction in the Vince era. We wouldn't even we wouldn't even get Sami's perspective. It would have just been a transaction. Sammy would have walked out there happy, like, all right, I want a challenge for the championship. And we and we would have never known. We, we would have all been wondering, but well, wouldn't you, aren't you kind of sad? Like your best friend got traded away to the other brand and you won't work with them anymore, at least for the time being, right? We would all be wondering that it, under Vince. But under Triple H, he's like, you know what, let's, add, let's sprinkle that into the story, right? Like that's a legitimate, authentic reaction. My a person I've been rooting for in Jay Uso and kind of being being somebody who he can come to. He's come here to Raw. Great, cool. He's doing having single success. Great. He's getting the, the spotlight he deserves. But that cost me, my me, my best friend being sent off to another brand and us not having a chance to uh to regain our tag team titles. 
Like, yeah, he was a little upset about that. And so I was cool to see that um, in his promo. And um, obviously, it's cool to see Sammy on his own again. I'm kind of excited to see what he does. Um, he, he mentioned, you know, showing that he's a main event talent and a main event can hold the world title. So I'm excited to see him kind of, you know, that hopefully him and Seth can go at it a little bit or him versus Drew if Drew ends up winning it. Um, I'd also like to see um, Sammy go against Gunther. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, trying to think what else happened that night. Um, we, for the, like, all the backstage stuff, amazing. Like, really, like, the, the Becky Lynch uh, runs into Rhea Ripley. Uh, that had that gave me goosebumps because them two been you know squaring off for almost a year now and haven't wrestled, but they just kind of keep teasing it, keep teasing it. I'm hoping that's the main event of night one of WrestleMania, WrestleMania 40. I'm hoping it's Rhea versus Becky for the World Heavyweight Title. Um, but yeah, seeing Becky talk to Indy Hartwell, Indy Hartwell made a good point. Any Hartwell never lost her NXT championship. She hurt her leg and had to um, relinquish the title, but she never actually lost the title. So it's cool to see her now that she's healthy and on Raw, the main roster, challenging Becky for that title. And again, people are like, well, why is Becky holding the NXT title? That should be given to somebody else. I don't, I don't like that she beat Tiffany Stratton twice. I don't love that. But I do like the like the reason they gave it to Becky is because more people, more casual fans are going to tune in to a Becky match. Right. So why not use that as an opportunity to introduce new talent like Indy Hartwell, like uh, um, Valkyria on NXT, you know, different Tiffany Stratton when she was going against her. Like there's a, it's an easy way to introduce people. They're doing the same thing with Dom, right. Um, They're using the casual fan who, Dom has so much heat. They're using that heat and Dom having the North American title and using that to make those viewers go, you know what? I don't usually watch NXT, but I'm going to go check out what Dom's doing over there. They go check it out. They get to see uh, Trick Williams. They get to see all these other guys, Dragon Lee. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a really smart business play, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, obviously, they're gonna. it's going to wear, wear out after a while, so hopefully they kind of get ahead of that and still switch the titles back to somebody in the NXT, but overall I'm enjoying it. But yeah, uh, Becky also ran into um, Jay Cargill, man, the crowd went crazy. The crowd went crazy when Jay Cargill uh, showed up on the screen. Like it was an authentic went crazy. So I'm excited for when she actually comes out, the crowd going to go crazy for her. Um, if they do her right, which I think they will, they've done a really good job of like slowly teasing her and giving her her time to like, you know, grow a little groundswell of support and, uh, you know, and energy behind her. I think she's going to do well. So that was really dope to see her. And they, and I will say Adam Pierce did say, welcome to Monday Night Raw. So I'm wondering if that officially means Jay Cargill is a Monday Night Raw um, uh, roster member, right? Because she also showed up on SmackDown and faced off with Charlotte. So who knows? And NXT. So who knows where she's going to land? Um, that could be a cool little storyline. They play out all the way up to Survivor Series where she kind of chooses where she gets to go. That'd be cool. That'd be kind of cool. Um, 
but yeah, just uh, the backstage segment segment with uh, Alpha Academy and uh, the New Day, hilarious. Like the crowd was cracking up, and I'm sure people were like watching it was cracking up. Really good backstage se- segment. Tazawa was back there for some for some random reason. Um, but yeah, next week we'll get Alpha Academy versus New Day. I'm sure that'll be a really good match. But them backstage are just funny. All of them are funny, and they got really good chemistry. So that was good. <clears throat> Oh, the Drew and the Sammy uh, conversation. Like, Drew, like, saying, like, Sammy, we'll talk about the Seth and Drew um, promo in a sec. But, you know, basically Sammy saying, hey, like Seth said, Drew, you need to kind of move on from the bloodline. You kind of got to get over it. And <laughs> Drew hit him with a with a cold line that was number of facts. But he was like, hey, Sammy, like, no offense, but you've never been a champ. Like, you've never been a champion. So you don't know those stakes. You don't know what it feels to be this close to a title and someone cheat you out of a title, like what happened to Clash at the title, Clash at the Castle. Um, so I, I really, and we'll talk about it. Well, I guess we can just go ahead and get to it. That's a good segue. Um, yeah, he just basically said, like, hey, hey um, Sammy, you know, you never won a title. You've never been on my level. Uh, technically, so you don't really, you can't be the one to really give me any advice. Um, it's different when Seth says it, but when you say it, like, put some respect on my name, like, relax. And so next week we'll get Seth, uh, I'm sorry, we'll get next week we'll get Sammy versus Drew McIntyre, which will be a fun matchup, fun match. And this slow heel turn they're doing with Drew, I love it. They're slowly turning the temperature up with him. I like it. I like it. I, cause, I was scared they were just going to do a him walk out there, uh, Claymore to somebody, to Seth or any babyface, to Jey Uso, whoever. And then we're just like, oh, well, he's a babyface. All right. That, again, that's what Vince would have did. Vince would have been like, all right, he walks out, Claymore to Jey Uso, Claymore to Seth. All right. He's now a heel, and he's just mad that he wants the title back. And that, that would have been the, the whole – that would have been the whole purpose of him <laughs> doing that. Whereas with Triple H, again, smart, understands storylines, understands like timelines and, and thinks four to five to six weeks out instead of just episode by episode. And, you know, Triple H understands, okay, Drew has a lot of read. Drew has legitimate. He's I'll, all right. Bear with me now. Drew is like the uh, killmonger of WWE. Okay. I mean by that is Killmonger had a legitimate point, right? Killmonger in in Black Panther had a legitimate point. You might not agree with his methods, but you were like, okay, hey, he's speaking facts. I don't necessarily agree how he's going about, you know, going about his process against those facts, but he's speaking facts. And Drew is speaking facts. Jey Uso is now on Raw. How the hell are all of y'all just happy-go-lucky with this dude, and he cost all of us something. Uh, Cody, he helped cost you a world heavyweight, I mean, a, um, a championship match at WrestleMania. Uh, Sammy, he's cost you so much stuff. He got you kicked out of the bloodline. He got he did all this stuff. To you. He's betrayed you numerous times, right? Um, all these different people, he's, he's clearly, you know, cost y'all stuff. And yet he says he changed. But why are y'all just 
on face value saying, okay, cool. You say you changed, well, cool. We'll give you a shot. And Drew is like, hell no, I'm not giving you a shot. You're not about to catch me slipping. Like, nah. And Drew's basically saying, like, he's a part of the bloodline. The bloodline is still still around. Y'all act like this is some fable myth that went away years ago. The bloodline is still around. Roman is still around. His influence is still there. Why would I trust somebody who's, who was in that group and is not far removed from that group? Like his direct brother is in the group. His brothers are in the group. Like, there's no walking There's no walking away from the bloodline as far as, far as like, as long as Roman is in charge, like, Jay going to always have to, to deal with the bloodline. Um, so, yeah, basically, Drew's just, he's pissed, and he should be, right? He wants a world title, and he's still also, and we'll talk about this, we'll go ahead and just break down their, uh, so their um, promo with Seth. Seth is basically saying, hey, Drew, I appreciate you. Like, I, I appreciate you coming out here and challenging me face-to-face. That's respectable. And I appreciate you wanting me to be 100%. However, when the judgment day jumps me, you don't really help, right? You don't prevent them from jumping me. You kind of just stop Dom from coming out there, but you don't really get involved. And Drew is like, well, I'm not going to babysit you, right? Like, I'm not, <laughs> like, that's not my job. My job is just to make sure you're hunted, but you know, I'm not going to babysit, walk around as your security guard the whole time until crown drill. And um, Seth is like, that's fine, but it seems like you're not, like you have some other motives. It seems like, uh, and he basically, Seth was basically like, you know, you want another big, you want another chance at the title, but every time you've had a chance, a big time opportunity, a big time stage, a big time platform, you've come up short. And he's basically saying, like, the reason why is because you keep coming up with these excuses. And Drew's like, excuses. It's like, no, I, there's a difference between excuses and facts. <laughs> like, excuses are, I didn't win the title because all these different things happened. And, you know, I didn't, in, in reality, he didn't give his best effort, but he's blaming it on the bloodline. No, what Drew is saying is legit. If you watch Clash of the Castle, that's probably the closest we've ever been to thinking that Roman is going to lose, right? And at that time, yeah, we all thought he was going to win. Drew was going to win in Wales. You know what I mean? His hometown, like home place, home country, you know. And we, we thought it was a wrap. But then Solo shows up for the first time and is now a new member of the bloodline. And that's a factor. He didn't even, like, Drew didn't even know that was even an option. He thought he accounted for the Usos, accounted for for um, Paul Heyman. Okay, cool. I strategized for them. Good. You know, now I just got to focus on Roman, but also take into account these other members. But now a new member shows up that I didn't know was an option and cost me the championship. Yeah, I'm going to be pissed. I'm, I'm not going to be over that. And, uh, again, Seth is like, you're making excuses. And Drew is like, Seth is really easy for you to say that when you know you've got to hold the belt with crowds with you know arenas in Oklahoma City the Paycom Center full of people you've got to have a championship while they cheer you on as a champion when Drew was a champion he was the champion during the pandemic era he was the champion when the there could be no crowds in the arena 
right? When he won his big WrestleMania moment, like he mentions against Brock Lesnar, when he beats him at WrestleMania, was in a performance center that was empty, right? Pyro was going off. He's holding the title. No fans in the arena, right? Like, that has to feel trash. So, yeah, Drew was like, you don't know how it feels. Um, yeah, you keep telling me to get over it, but I've kind of gotten the short end of the stick as far as I got my title and there was no crowds allowed, so I didn't really get to be appreciated as a champion by the, a live crowd at all. Secondly, when I had my chance to regain the title to get a title and be loved by a live crowd, I got screwed by the bloodline. So, yeah, I'm going to be a little upset. I'm going to be a little bitter. And, you know, Seth again takes digs at him. And, you know, he's basically saying, like, you're making a lot of excuses, and I just want you to know the best thing for you, the best thing that's going to happen to you is that Crown Jewel, I'm going to beat you, and then there's going to be no more excuses for you to make. And it's going to kind of free you of this burden you have. Um, it was a really good line, and Drew didn't really have anything to say after that, and it was over, but really a great promo. A great promo. It was it was very nuanced. It wasn't a clear good guy, bad guy. It was just two people making really good points, making legitimate arguments. And you could just kind of, you know, the crowd could go one way or the other, but you couldn't go, okay, Seth's the villain, Drew's the, the uh, good guy, or, you know, Drew's the bad guy and Seth's the good Like, you couldn't decide. And I like that. That's how it used to be in the Attitude Era. It was... Stone Cold Rock, both of them talking to each other in a competitive way, but you didn't go, all right, who's the villain this week? Like, why, why, why don't they say who the bad guy is? Like, we don't need that. Like, we're smarter than that. So I really love that that promo. Um, we'll also talk about, like I mentioned, that Judgment Day bloodline handshake deal that we've kind of been seeing play out the last couple of weeks, especially on uh, SmackDown, has been really good. And I think, honestly, I like that they're kind of pushing Rhea as the leader, sort of, of like the, not only is Rhea like this, you know, massive figure as far as like physicality, but you're starting to see Rhea step into the like, you know, Roman Reigns role, like I'm two steps ahead of you mentally also. I'm going to go out here, you know, shake hands, kiss babies, and make sure I got my bases covered if anything happens, you know what I mean? And so I'm really loving that. I'm loving the man that that interaction between, oh my god, the interaction between uh, latest SmackDown with Rhea and Paul Heyman. Oh, when she was like, acknowledge me, you know what I mean, the week before, and then now Roman's back. Man, so good. They've been doing great, great work with that. But I really am loving this Judgment Day bloodline again. This alliance, temporary alliance. I'm really liking what I'm seeing, and I'm also excited for when it blows up. Because when it blows up, you know Roman gonna step up and be like, "Hey, I don't you like? I don't know. You, I, I've been letting y'all talk crazy. Like I've been letting y'all talk a little crazy. Y'all been every week, every week y'all say y'all run the WWE. I've been letting y'all get away with that, but now I'm here. Now I'm back, and when I step foot in a wrestling building, the WWE is mine again. So. I can't wait to see him like flex his muscle on the judgment day. Uh, think of a, a segment with Roman Reigns talking to Rhea and then Dom tries to get involved and like Roman looking at him like a, like an ant, 
like looking at him like bro who are you like <laughs> like uh, who are you i'm sorry like why are you like grown folks are, are speaking why are you getting involved you know what i mean stuff like that gonna be amazing bro but yeah as you, as you talked about judgment day regains the uh tag team titles again they're now you know belts for everybody um and I, I I really like the Judgment Day. I, it's easy to hate on them. I get it. They push them down your throats every week. Pause. But I do. I like it's hard to deny the talent that's on the Judgment Day, right? You got Damian Priest, who's really talented, a really good worker in the ring, and is getting better and better as a character. You got Rhea, superstar, like a level one superstar. That's easy. Finn Balor, we all know Finn Balor. We all know he he's like that. Like he's one of them real ones. He's one of those vets that at any moment could be shot up and be the main, you know, villain of a show. That's easy. We know that Finn Balor has has a resume that we all know. Dom, I mean, bro. Again, I want to curtail any of the rumors as far as the piped in booing and all that. Trust me, bro. Trust me. The crowd, like. I was a part of the booing. I could I could tell if it was piped in or not, and it was not piped in. Like we was all booing as hard as we could when he was speaking. Even in backstage segments, we was we was booing hella hard. So that's a piped in booing is that's a myth. That's what the WWE haters do to try to you know talking point for them. But it was a bro. Dom is he has so much heat, and I think it's funny. I was talking to Spencer and Roy about this that. At first, I think it was booing because we didn't like Dom at all. We were like, why is he here? The, you know, he's only here because his dad, like, he's annoying. Get him off my television. Now it's sort of a respect thing. Now it's sort of a respectful boo. It's like a boo, like it's fun to do. But we also respect him because he's funny. He's leaned into it fully. And... He's ha- he's put on some really good matches. Like the dude is getting really good in the ring. Him and Trick Williams match. Him and Dragon Lee's matches have been fire. So like now it's like oh snap! Like he was already good on the mic, pretty good on pretty good on the mic. He understand he can read a crowd and then adjust his character based on the crowd reaction. That's a a veteran move, honestly. And then he's already getting better as a talent in the ring. Like that's. That's hard to do. That's really, you don't, most people don't do that. So, man, man, really, Dom is, is, has super heat. I hope they continue whatever they're doing with Dom, continue it, because he's really good and his matches are getting even better. So that, now you're leaning into like, okay, can Dom be a main event talent? He might be able to, maybe able to, we'll see. But I say all that to say Judgment Day as a whole, like each, if you go down each individual member of the roster, you're like, okay, it kind of makes sense why they kill him. It kind of makes sense, you know? So, but then their shake, their deal with the bloodline just is so much better just because you got Paul Heyman, you got the Uso, you got Uso, Jimmy trying to, you know, fit in, doing whatever he can to impress Roman. Uh, kind of in that old Jay Uso, he's kind of in the Jay Uso role that, Jay was in for a little bit and also the Sammy role that, that he was in like that prove it role Roman always has a prove it guy he always has the other he always has that guy who's kind of you're a member but it's temporary 
Like, let's just be clear here. You make one wrong move, I'll kick you out. And so he always has the prove it guy. Um, Sammy, again, he was Jay, Jay was the first prove it guy. Then it became Sammy. And then now it's it's uh Jimmy. So it's really cool to see. Um and Paul Heyman is being Paul Heyman. Um, of course, but that alliance, I'd say folks really watch that Judgment Day Bloodline Alliance. That's really cool. Speaking of Bloodline, uh, this latest episode of SmackDown was really fun. Obviously, season premiere, similar to this Raw, and the LA Knight pop, bruh. When Roman was speaking, LA Knight came out there when John Cena was in the ring, bruh. It, it, he felt, I, I'm, you know me, I'm an LA Knight guy, I've been an LA Knight guy, called it early, but to see him go with like a big dog he's had to go with big dogs before obviously he's had to be teamed with um with uh john cena he's had to deal with the miz he's he's been with some a-listers but now you're with the the guy right the the face of the place right and so when i see him go face to face with roman that was dope that was really cool to see see him go back and forth with roman um that was fun and you know, there that segment was really good. And then also later on in the night, um, LA Knight versus Solo, they were going one on one. And obviously Solo uh did no, that's right. Uh Jay uh LA Knight gets the win, but um Roman comes out there and spears LA Knight and holds the title up. So that kind of means and LA Knight did kind of call him out in their promo, but Okay, so this is my fear right now. My fear is that L.A. Knight is going to go against Roman for the title at Crown Jewel. That's my fear. I do not want that at all. I think that's a bad idea. I think you should keep L.A. Knight away from Roman as much as possible right now. Like, I think it's it's smart. Like, if you're Triple H, you're going, okay, how long does this L.A. Knight thing last, Right. Okay, I don't know how long it lasts. So I got to kind of cook it while it's here. You know what I mean? Keep it warm while it's here. So, and I got Roman. Who knows how long I got Roman till Mania. Like, he's kind of feeling like, okay, I got to kind of push it a little bit. And I and I understand that. But I just don't. L.A. Knight doesn't need. The last thing L.A. Knight needs is a, a loss, a crown jewel. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think that helps him. Now, you could do a whole bloodline gets involved, cheats LA Knight out of a title, blah, blah, blah. You could do that, and maybe that's what they do. Now, I've kind of talked myself into it, actually. You can do a LA Knight versus Roman. They have a really good match. At the end, bloodline costs him. He now has beef with the bloodline, not only Roman, but all of them, because they've cost him a title shot. And then you insert him into the, which he obviously sleep is going to be into it anyways, but he now has a direct reason to be in, included in the Survivor Series match. Bloodline versus hopefully LA Knight, Cody Rhodes, Jay, and somebody else. Maybe even, that'd be dope if it's John Cena. That'd be cool. Um, so yeah, as you, you guys saw in real time, me talk myself into a LA Knight versus Roman uh, Brown Jewel match, world title match. I was a little afraid just because, again, I don't want him getting, you know, I don't want his momentum being squashed. But also, I think if you if you do the finish correctly, 
in a in a LA Knight Roman one on one matchup, if you do the finish correctly, it can still he can still look good. He can still look like you know, like Cody did coming out of that. And 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 the good thing is he do, he has something to do right after. Right. The bad thing about Cody versus Roman was Cody didn't have a ton to do right after uh right after that. Right. So he kind of like dwindled around. He went against Dom. He went against a bunch of randoms. Whereas, you know, he I think he went against, he went against Brock randomly. Like in this case, LA Knight would lose at Crown Jewel getting cheated, and he could directly jump into the feud for Survivor Series. Right. So it, it, he has a direction immediately with the storyline and everything. So I, I actually think it's it's actually works. It actually works. And then obviously if you go that route, these next you know, SmackDowns leading up to that match are going to go crazy, right? LA Knight and Roman in the ring together. Like, that's – you're going to get so many views off that. So, now I want to say I am excited for that. <laughs> I am excited. Um, so, yeah, we'll – let's talk about Crown Jewel as a whole. Um, I, man, it's looking like a really good card right now. It really is. We saw that we we're going to get – Rhea Ripley defending her title against Nia Jax, Zoe Stark, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Gonzalez in a fatal five-way match. Um, and we usually don't get fatal five-way matches, honestly. Um, like, that's a video game type of match. You know what I'm saying? And so I saw someone say on Twitter, it's either going to be a, like a, a, you know, a show stealer or it's going to be the worst match on the card by far. And I agree with that. And it's, I don't think it's going to be Rhea's fault, but, man, you got a lot of – you got Nia Jax, who's trash. You got Raquel, who I I like, but isn't the most technically talented in the ring. Now, Zoe is really good, and Shayna is good. So, hopefully, they lean on those two versus Rhea. Um, and I hope they use the other – the others is kind of like monsters that Rhea has to overcome, but not too vital part of the match. Like I, I'd be interested in who the producer of that match is going to be. Um, but that's going to be a really cool title defense. I am interested in who the judgment day. I'm wondering if the judgment day will defend their titles over there or not, but I'm sure, you know, if it's judgment day versus the new day or judgment day versus alpha Academy or, you know, judgment day versus, you know, um, you know, any tag team right now, Street Profits, whatever, right? Um, that is going to be a good match, I think. Um, then you you have Seth Rollins versus Drew, like I talked about. That's going to be a really good match. That's going to be fun. And the the story is is you have a story there, which is great. Uh, it's not just a random face off, because usually Crown Jewel is usually just a random collection of matches, and you're just like. All right, these are kind of fillers. Okay, whatever. Whereas these all feel like, okay, they're good matches, but they also have storylines behind them, uh, which is good. Again, like I mentioned, LA Knight versus Roman, that's not official for Crown Jewel, but I feel like that's going to, that's what it's going to be. Uh, they really like to show out for Crown Jewel over in Saudi Arabia. I really like to put on a good card for those people over there. And so I could easily see putting the best person in the business – uh, Roman Reigns versus the most popular person in the business in LA night. So I could definitely see them doing that. Um, 
hopefully we get an EO match versus maybe hopefully not Charlotte, anybody but Charlotte. Um, hopefully we get a Jay Cargill, you know, debut match. Maybe that'd be dope. Maybe you get um, Jay Cargill versus Charlotte. That'd be fun. I'm down with that. I just don't want Charlotte in a championship match. Yeah, even though, and who knows? I mean, I'm. This is obviously before next week when EO versus Charlotte for the um, women's SmackDown women's title. Unfortunately, when when Charlotte is in a women's championship match against a younger champion, unfortunately, that's a time where they they get they try to get they try to run they try to stat pad for Charlotte by giving her the win so she can get closer to the you know seventeen total championship reigns. Like her dad or whatever, uh, which is kind of trash. But um, yeah, I'm sure they're gonna have Cody on the card somewhere. So Cody's gonna face somebody, and so yeah, yeah. Um, Crown Jewel is looking really good. Um, I love the bill for it. I think Becky will be on there at some point, maybe even defending the NXT Women's Championship. Um, but yeah, it should be a stack card. It's already looking stacked, but there's so much more holes they can they can uh, fill with that. Um, but yeah, um, our top five for the day is our top five Roman Reigns title defenses, right? So my top five favorite Roman Reigns title defenses, um, in his three and a half year championship reign, uh, these are my favorite matches he's had. Um, number five is Roman versus Sami Zayn Elimination Chamber uh, earlier this year. Uh, It was in Toronto. This is the height of... This is I don't pretty much the height of the Sami Zayn popularity. I would say we're still right there, right? This is before WrestleMania. This is right after Royal Rumble where he turned, officially turned on Roman Reigns and left the bloodline. It's in Toronto. It's in Sami Zayn's hometown. The crowd is crazy. The crowd is going wild, right? Sammy's eating it up. They're singing his theme song. Um, Roman beats the hell out of him. Everyone is still rooting for that upset, right? They're still like, okay, Sammy can still do it. Sammy can still do it. So, like, all that all that packaged in together in one match, you had Sammy's wife and, and kids on the side. Roman was over there flirting, trying to flirt with her, talking crap to her. Like, it was just really a really fun title defense, man. Like, it, you knew Sammy had no chance, but the crowd was just so into it that it, it almost turned you and be like, okay, are they going to do this? Like, you knew it weren't going to do it because WrestleMania was literally the next event, so they're not going to have Roman lose the title, and then he can no longer face Cody for the, you know, the world title um, in the main event. It, it wouldn't make sense. But, man, it was such a great, such a great match. And, like, again, it, it was kind of a, it was, it wasn't a squash match, but it was sort of like that, okay, David versus Goliath match where the guys, it's, you know, the guy has no chance, but the, as long, the longer the match goes, you start to, kind of believe that he has a chance um, in that cycle way. So number five, Roman versus Sami Zayn, Elimination Chamber 2023. Really good one. The environment kind of made that match. That's one of, That's one where the crowd kind of made it uh, bigger than what it was. Number four, we have Roman Reigns versus John Cena, 
SummerSlam 2021. Um, this was big because Cena came back, had been gone for a long time. He comes back. The crowd is crazy, going crazy. It's SummerSlam, right? So it's already a big-time stage. And honestly, man, what, what was so fun about it was Cena at that time looked really good in the ring, but never looked like he had a chance in the match. And for some folks, they didn't like that, but I liked it because it showed that Roman had leveled up. You know what I mean? That was like his his biggest test. It was like, you know, Roman to that point had been smacking dudes, putting in work, beating everybody. But he hadn't beaten the 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 dudes who had kind of haunted his previous, you know, the uh his previous Roman Reigns character. Right? John Cena was his main adversary. Brock Lesnar was his main adversary back then. That like you know mid two thousand late two thousand tens era, so when Roman becomes you know the tribal chief Roman Reigns, he doesn't really go up against that level. He goes against great competition. Don't get me wrong, he goes against a uh, a lot of Hall of Famers, but again, he didn't get tested by those who haunted his last character. So this was kind of that first time where he got to say, "Okay, John, like." You embarrassed me. I remember when you embarrassed me on that promo when I was the other Roman Reigns. This ain't that same guy. Like, I've leveled up. I'm a boss now. I'm the tribal chief. I run this company now. And that that's the story that was told leading up to the match. But that was a story that was told literally while they were wrestling. They were telling that story. And that's why I like the match a lot. Because, like, it showed, okay, this this dude's a Super Saiyan now, basically. Um, and, and John Cena's like, I ain't got nothing for this dude no more. Like, I used to be able to get in his head. I used to be able to out-promo him. I used to be able to out-wrestle him. I can't do that no more. He's on a different level. He can't be touched. Um, And even John Cena said, all right, he's the GOAT, you know. And so, yeah, man, that match, like, I was enjoying it for the wrestling, but I was also truly enjoying it because it was telling a story of – it was like watching, you know – a great player passes the baton to the next great player, like officially a passing the baton. And so I, I'm a history buff. So that type of stuff I nerd out on. So uh, Roman Reigns versus John Cena, SummerSlam 2021. Uh, that's my number four. Number three, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, Royal Rumble 22. Now, the reason this one was so big is because People have always asked for a Roman Reigns, the tribal chief version versus this version of Seth Rollins, especially that time. That that, that Seth Rollins, as far as character work, was cooking. Um, they always asked for that matchup because now we every time we used to get it, it was Seth Rollins killing. But Roman Reigns, we didn't like that. The boring Roman Reigns, you know, the Vince McMahon Roman Reigns. We didn't like that guy. Where now, when he became the tribal chief, it was like, ah, okay, this dude's big time. Okay, now we want to see him go against big time Seth Rollins, peak Seth Rollins. And we finally got it. Wasn't everything we all wanted, right? It wasn't a five-star classic by any means. It actually, the finish was kind of trash because uh, Roman put, he basically put uh, Seth to sleep, even though Seth had, you know, had his had his hand on the rope, so it should have been a breakup. 
or Roman should have got DQ'd, whatever. Um, so we didn't get a clean finish, but I also think they say they kind of did that to save a future a potential future matchup um later on. But bro, the the Roman's in the ring waiting for Seth to come out. And then that shield music hits and Roman's thrown off. Like it was the first time you had seen Roman, this version of Roman, like, wait, hold on, I didn't I didn't prepare for this. Like, hold on. I didn't calculate that he would come out in a shield, um, in a shield uniform and shield music. You know what I mean? And the faction that we both were a part of that were that changed the game, you know, I didn't factor this in. Crowd went nuts. We haven't heard that shield music in at that point, it was almost a day, de- you know what I mean? It was like almost a decade. It was like eight years or so. Um they did well, I'll say with the reunion, it was probably like five or six since we heard that music. So, you know, and we didn't think we'd hear it again because Dean Ambrose was obviously over in AEW. Um, so when that music hit, it was like, oh snap. And then he came from the through the crowd, the classic shield entrance. It just was really dope to see. Like that added a level of intensity to the match that we just we hadn't seen. And um Roman was really getting challenged. Like Seth was really challenging Roman. And uh you could see Roman really getting frustrated. He's like, hold on, this dude's actually getting in my head. Um and he actually knows my buttons, knows, you know what I mean, knows what makes me tick. And he's the only guy who can really get in my head like that. So yeah, the Roman versus Seth one again, story wise, amazing. Uh, Royal Rumble twenty two. Go ahead and check that out. Um, my number two is uh, actually all right. I'm gonna go with my the list I initially wrote, wrote down or originally my original order from one to two. Uh, you know, this could change depending on the day. But number two, I've kind of talked about it before, but. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre clashed at the castle. Um, it was in Wales. It was in Drew's hometown, a uh, home country, and yeah, man, the it was just it had everything you want. Drew's theme. They played Drew's old theme music, the theme music everyone was asking for. They played it a little bit and then played Drew's uh, normal theme, but it all it all felt like okay, this is Drew's moment. Right. It felt like, oh, man, this is the time where Drew's really going, you know, finally, finally get the title that he has been yearning for since his last reign. And it was a really great match. Like, it was really good. Like, this one had a story, but also the the in-ring work was really good because Drew is just as big as Roman. So, like, Drew and Roman can do a lot of stuff and, and Drew can make Roman look not small, but he can, like roam around a little bit, you know, and inflict some physicality in there. So that was an added element because we've seen that before as far as like Braun Strowman or some of these other guys, but they can't actually wrestle. Like they can get physical around, but they can't actually wrestle. Whereas Drew can do both. He can get physical and he can actually like, you know, grabs, you know, wrestling. So um, their matchup was great. The crowd, obviously, when you're overseas, especially like, London, UK area, like the crowds are crazy. Um, so they are always great and they were in it, right? They were rooting for their boy. And uh, yeah, man, that was the first time we saw Solo Sokoa as part of the bloodline. He showed up, 
Um, it was just a great match overall. And I would suggest anybody go watch that one. Clash at the Castle 22, really good match. Really good one. Um, and honestly, one of the best PLEs they've put on in the last five, five to ten years, honestly. Like, that that same card had the Gunther Sheamus match, the first one. Um, yeah, that, that card had a lot of great matches. Um, then we had – oh, that also – was when Imperium first showed up on the main roster. Um, but now, my number one, I know boring, but it's, it is what it is. Number one, Roman versus Cody, WrestleMania. That one, I thought the match was amazing. The theater was amazing. The, the ramifications, the storyline, all that. You know, finish the story. All that stuff was amazing. It was in Hollywood. That added an extra feel to it. It just... It, it hit, man. It really did. And then the shocking ending, like, that added a different take to it, right? Because so many people were passionate about Cody has to win. Cody has to win. And for him to lose added a, a extra level of, like, dang. Like, who can beat this guy? Like, he's, you know, he's Thanos. He's Darth Vader. He's, you know, Thrawn. He's all the, the, the great villains we can think of. He's that Roman's that guy due to him being able to pull this off, even though he cheated. But, I mean, that's normal villain stuff, um, normal heel behavior. But really, Roman Reigns versus Cody, I actually want to rewatch this one again just because cause really great match. Cody put it on the show. Roman put it on the show. They had really good chemistry together. And, yeah, I I really enjoyed that one. Um, So, yeah, that is my top five Roman Reigns title defenses. I would suggest to go watch all of them. Again, number five, Roman versus Sammy, Elimination Chamber 23. Number four, Roman versus Cena, SummerSlam 21. Roman versus uh, Seth, Royal Rumble 22 is number three. Number two, Roman versus Drew, Clash at the Castle 22. And number one, WrestleMania 40, Roman versus Cody. Great matches. All of them really good for different reasons. So yeah, folks, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I want to say again, thanks to my boys, Spencer and Roy, for for uh, coming out to Monday Night Raw with me. Really enjoyed having y'all with me. We had a great time. Uh, it was really fun to see the show. Hey, man, I will say to, to WWE, y'all got to gotta put a warning with Pyro and the, and the loudness. Like, there was, bro, it was about four or five times the Pyro went off, like, and they did a little, like, like a boom sound out of nowhere, bro. We almost like we thought shots were fired. <laughs> to be honest, we thought shots were fired, but uh, but yeah, we had a great time. Shout out to those guys, um, and shout out to WWE, man. Um, they put on a great show in Oklahoma City, put on two great shows in Oklahoma in Tulsa. Uh, we kind of got lucky, we got the season premieres for SmackDown and Raw, but to put on two great shows in Tulsa and Oklahoma City back to back. We appreciate you, WWE. We shout out to y'all. Y'all put it on for us. And uh, yeah, shout out to everyone who listened. Again, hit us up in the group chat, League of Melanated Gentlemen. Um, hit us up. You got any any top five title defenses you have or any thoughts? If any of you went to the Raw event and want to talk about it, talk about the experience you had, yeah, hit us up. I'm uh, always down to talk. And you can hit us up on the League of Melanated Gentlemen pod on Instagram. Hit us up there. We also have some pretty good content coming out there. Um, Twitter, 
the X, whatever the, whatever Elon wants to call it. Hit us up there as well. Same name. And uh yeah. Until the next time. We out. Yeah.